0: Terry Rozier is back. What does it mean for the long term with Charlotte? Plus, when are we going to get some of these other backcourt players returning? We'll talk about all that today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we laugh. We laugh. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on WFNZ. That's during the middays. I'm alongside Wes Bryant. And you can catch me 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also, I was doing a depressing Carolina Panthers postgame show today. So sometimes uh-huh. I'm on that as well. Um, You can also check out Doug on everyhornetsboxscore.com where he has all the write-ups, all of the coverage about the Charlotte Hornets where it's not exactly all that much more happy in tone either. It's fun being a Charlotte sports fan, Doug. Yay. Go us.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, at least with the – I think at least with the Hornets you have a few, like, bright future pieces. Like, I think there's a little bit more hope in Charlotte Hornets land than there is in Pantherland because there's still so many question marks with the Panthers you know
0: so that's we'll we'll start off there you know I I so we can talk about the, the overall positive feelings. Maybe we'll get to that in just a moment. I, I do want to focus on Terry, though, because sure. so the Hornets over the weekend, they dropped both of their games. They get just absolutely destroyed against the Memphis Grizzlies. That game was over as soon as the ball was in the air for tip. They lost the first quarter big. They lost the second quarter. They lost the third quarter. It was only until the fourth quarter. The Charlotte Hornets scored 30 and eventually won it, but they got beat 130-99. to 99. I saw you tweet out, Doug, that it had a chance to get historically bad. Against Memphis at the beginning of that game.
1: Well, I thought yeah. I thought it was. You know, Memphis has the record for largest margin of victory. They did that against an Oklahoma City Thunder team that was just miserable and trying to tank. Uh, and uh, I believe the Memphis Grizzlies also own like one of the d- other top five margin of victory against the Hornets. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, this is not unusual. I uh, didn't expect it to get that bad. I mean, I, you know, I kn- I didn't think they really had. A shot to win. I thought it would have been a miracle had they won, but oh, yeah. it didn't need to be that bad. And I think Clifford sort of uh, communicated that in the in the presser afterwards that he was not pleased with. The effort. I mean, honestly, it looked like the players didn't believe that they had even a shot. And that's, you know, fans, fans, one thing, you know, we can look at a a game and say, all right, well, I don't really think statistically they have what it's going to take to win this game. But players can't look at it like that. They got to go out there. It doesn't matter who you're missing. You got to go out there and, and fight like you can win. And they weren't doing that.
0: Well, we were a little bit in upside-down land with James Booknight having the only nice shooting night against Grizzlies with 14 (laughs) points. And so everybody else was bad. We had the first real bad P.J. game where his shot wasn't falling. And so, look, awful game. I mean, we can get to that, but let's talk about something that happened a little bit more recently, which was the Brooklyn Nets contest. They were in the Spectrum Center. That took place on Saturday night. P.J. got his shot falling a little bit more. But really, the story is Terry Rozier returning to the lineup for the first time since he was out with that ankle sprain and then we all saw the questionable designation we all had the eyeball emojis out and about in the twitter sphere eventually he would be available played 36 minutes there was no holding him back he played more minutes than anybody in this game for the charlotte hornets scored 25 points was six of 14 from three-point land nine of 24 overall seven rebounds three assists did have four turnovers but overall looked very good and was their source of offense alongside uh, a nice Kelly Oubre shooting performance from the outside, 4 of 11, so not fantastic. But he was also contributing, PJ Washington doing so as well to keep them in this game. Still the Hornets offense, it's struggled uh, really for quite a while now, ever since Gordon Hayward went out. I'm not saying it's because of that, but since he's gone out, that's when the offense has looked really bad. I'm just glad they got Terry back for this game, Doug, because he certainly gave them a shot to win it.
1: Well, and he does it really at the beginning of these quarters, right? I mean, like first play, you know, Terry's getting to the rim, and then he's knocking down three point shots. At least at the beginning of that fourth quarter, um, he was helping to to extend that lead. That unfortunately, I mean, they had a twelve point lead with six to go, and right. it gets to, it gets erased very quickly uh, by really Kevin Durant and like some backup singers. Like <laughs> it wasn't like there's they didn't have anybody else on the floor that that I had seen play a ton, so uh, except Seth Curry, I guess. But um yeah so it, you know it was a disappointing way to finish but yeah going to Terry it's it's he's I am gl- I guess I- I'm glad in a sense that they held him out for so long because he looks 100%. Like He didn't look limited in any way. Um, he he was moving around very good. And he's adding an element that the Hornets have been missing over the past couple of games, and that's three-point shooting. They only had eight three-point makes against Memphis. They only had seven against Chicago. They did have 14 against Sacramento. They just didn't have enough defense in that one. But the three-point shooting has been an absolute struggle for the Hornets over the past couple of games. They They still only shoot – but the important thing is they put up 42 of them like you got to have those attempts in the modern NBA in order to keep pace with some of these teams like the offense has got a ways to go to improve but that's a good step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that they held Terry out as much as they did if this was the time that we're going to get 100% Terry Rozier. And they're, he's not returning and helping you beat the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I mean, maybe against the Kings, but at the end, the Kings looked like the better basketball team in the second half. And so, you know, Terry Rozier, he comes back. Now we're just really waiting on LaMelo Ball. We're waiting on Cody Martin. Now we're waiting on Gordon Hayward. So, you know, they need some backcourt help. They still need that even with Terry Rozier coming back.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, and Terry Rozier was really fantastic in moments. He had 25 points in this game. I mean, you know, he was a big part of of them even being in this game. But he was also uh, the player that took the responsibility for the loss. He had a, a couple of opportunities to knock down some shots, and, and he didn't. And he was passing to players, <laughs> passing these grenades off to players with like two on the shot clock, you know, decision-making down the stretch as they lost that lead. And, you know, credit to Terry after the game, he goes and he says, you know, I, I'm one of the leaders on this team. I, you know, I essentially, I failed the team uh, in in this one. And so, you know, that's, I, I love that he's stepping up and, and obviously, you, you know, you you wanted a different result in this one because this one felt like winnable, even with Kevin, you know, even versus Kevin Durant, the really, you know, the Nets were sort of, it seemed like they were almost sacrificing this game and the Hornets decided not to take it and, and so much of it. You know, it wasn't, I mean, I appreciate Terry taking the blame, but I don't think a lot of it was his fault. No,
0: that's, that's, that that seems like the cliche leader speak, which is totally fine. It's great. Actually. I, I, I love it. You know, take responsibility, but you didn't really need to take responsibility. Terry coming back from injury, allowing this team a shot, at least before Kevin Durant did the Durant like thing and the Brooklyn Nets end up winning against a depleted roster. And by the way, We also have to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. You know, he is questionable for this game tonight against the Washington Wizards because, yep, you guessed it, another ankle injury because that's what's happening. (laughs) This was a thing last year too, by the way. I I mean... Maybe it was a year and a half ago. I just remember when the vaccine was coming out, I made the joke on Twitter about how, hey, is there a vaccine for left ankle sprains? Because Charlotte would like that as well. And it seems like that's prevalent once again with the Charlotte Hornets. Don't get it, man. But this is what it is (laughs) like. This is this has been something that has plagued the Charlotte Hornets for the last couple of seasons, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it could just be just rotten luck. Uh, could it be some yeah. kind of training issue? Whether it's with the the individual players and who they're training with, and some of the stuff that they're doing, uh, you know, not not getting enough support around the ankle, uh, you know, that's leading to all of these. Something within the org that they may look at in the summer and go, hey, why are you know these? This is a tremendous number of ankle injuries. Although, you know, honestly, it feels like you know some of these like stress kind of injuries. They're obviously like fluky and that a lot of them happen you know when you step on a foot like mm-hmm. like uh, LaMelo did against Washington in the preseason like yeah. he steps on a foot that's tough you turn your ankle but to, but but at the same time you know you can do that like DSJ's listed as questionable so it, you know he's not immediately out it's like what's leading to all of these like more severe ankle sprains uh, you know, and it's happening across the league. And, you know, I think it's it's something to kind of pay attention to. Uh, and they're paying attention to it in other sports right now, too, like baseball. All these guys and their elbows blowing up because, you know, of – and baseball's made adjustments in terms of pitch count and being more strict with not letting guys complete games and stuff like that because I think there's more there's more of an awareness now of, like, players – that play one sport their entire lives and they're on the AAU circuit and they're playing like four games in one day and then all of a sudden you know they have so much more mileage on them than players in the past and we're just seeing more of these stress type injuries I think it's something that the NBA has to monitor as well and figure out a way that they can you know keep players on the floor.
0: Okay, yeah, hopefully they can come back. The Hornets have endured enough injuries. Hopefully it's not anything that keeps Dennis Smith Jr. out longer. Same with Gordon, same with LaMelo, because I still think with the context included, we can view this season as a positive to some degree with the way they've been playing. We can make that argument a little bit later on. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to
1: sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: What's behind the four-game losing streak for the Charlotte Hornets? And even specifically, why did they lose against the Brooklyn Nets? We'll get to that in just a moment. Not before we talk about Rocket Money. Are you wasting your money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. There's this great app, though. That I use that helps me track all my expenses, and that's because um, that I needed to I needed to cancel some of my subscriptions, and so because of Rocket Money, I no longer have to waste money on some of those subscriptions. I don't even use it's Rocket Money formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you specifically. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. You don't have to deal with the hassle of saying, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, are you sure you're not a robot? No, just press cancel on Rocket Money and you'll be good to go. Although if you are a robot, you can also use Rocket Money too if you just have some many rocket um if you don't have so many uh, robot subscriptions that's fine as well cancel unnecessary <laughs> subscriptions with rocket money today go to rocketmoneycom slash locked on i just don't want to be uh i don't want to be um something that is blocking robots from doing this as well seriously it could save you hundreds per year that's rocketmoneycom slash locked on let's do whatever else we have in store coming up next locked on hornets it is locked on hornets
1: I know a lot too. about the weight room. I know a lot, ton, ton about the weight I, I, I not don't, I don't lift a lot of weights, uh, but I do kind of stand around the weight room. I sort of, I kind of, are you using that? Are you, you're good? Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah. And, you know, no, I stand again. around the weight room a lot.
0: Do you have the high socks and the headband on with your hair tied back?
1: Oh yeah, big like white tube socks for sure. Yeah, yeah. headband. Yeah, I've got it all. I've got it. Yeah, big the he- these Big he- These headphones right here that you see me wearing on YouTube right now. I take these into the gym. That's <laughs> not so just you know. It's about looking professional. You got to look the part, right? Dress for the job that you want. That's how I feel about how I am in the weight room. It's
0: time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Doug, if I were to go to everyhornetsboxscore.com and find you writing about this game against the Brooklyn Nets, what would I see as to why they eventually dropped this one against Brooklyn late?
1: Well, it's interesting you asked that, Walker, because uh, if you went to everyhornetsboxcourt.com, you actually wouldn't find me writing about this game. I called in a sub, uh, David Walker, a uh, friend of this show. I did
0: see that. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So David actually did uh, the, the notebook for this game. So go check that out. Um, he, he You hear um, that,
0: Rod, by the way? It, it's David Walker. It's not Walker Mail. We're different people. Even if we look alike, all of us look alike. It was a different person. That's for you, Rod Morrow, sir. Anyways, just wanted to call him out.
1: Okay, yeah, you, wow, right. yeah. Really? I know who I um, am. <laughs> I think, you know, if you went to the notebook, you're going to really see two things that really led to this uh, defeat. I think turnovers in the second quarter, specifically, they had an eight turnover second quarter. Uh, The turnovers have been an issue really throughout this 14 or 14, this four game felt like 14, but four game losing streak. They had 20 against Sacramento. They had 16 against Chicago. They had 18 against Memphis and they had 15 total, but it's, it's really, it's a couple of things too. It's, Massive turnover numbers in one particular quarter that sets them back severely, and it's it's bad execution, bad discipline, bad turnovers in crunch time, and that that bit them in this one as well. So just bad screens, driving into defenses with really no plan, and and you end up getting stripped of the ball. I mean, there was one sequence in the second quarter where they got they turned it over like four straight times. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's part excusable in the sense that you are really depending a lot on James Booknight Jalen McDaniels JT Thor I mean you, they have a, a ton of responsibility especially you know Booknight, Knight because DSJ goes down in this game had a ton more to do with the basketball and when you give players that that don't have a lot of experience more to do with the basketball yeah I mean this is sort of what you can expect to happen sometimes.
0: Yeah, this Brooklyn Nets team, you know, no Kyrie Irving because of the five-game suspension that the NBA handed down to him. So you have Kevin. This is your starting lineup: Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, Who? Nick Claxton, I know Joe that. Harris. Yeah. Okay. and Edmund Sumner Edmund Sumner former Xavier great with Indiana a little bit you also I only, had, I only
1: know him because uh the the slim Reaper he always or they they said the slim Reaper uh for Kevin Durant but then he said it like right. uh, Eric Collins said it when Edmund Sumner's name came up so I got confused I'm like well the Edmund Sumner is he also the slim Reaper
0: well, I Yeah, I was about to say, I've never heard him called that. Maybe I'm mistaken for that as well. But really, the big offensive performances uh, for Brooklyn, it was had by Kevin Durant, and it was also had by Cam Thomas, who went to the free throw line and shot 11 times, hit 10 of those 11 free throw attempts, hit one of his two three-point attempts, scored 21 points. And I think Cam Thomas, I think what you heard about him coming out of college was that his confidence was like so almost overwhelming that it either turned teams off or it turned them on. So it was really polarizing mm-hmm. the interview process Woo-hoo. for Cam Thomas. And uh, apparently Brooklyn felt comfortable enough and he had a pretty good one, a good offensive performance in this game against Charlotte. You know, the offense here, Doug, you know, what are you seeing on, on that end of the floor? Because no Gordon Hayward, right? That was the time I believe they scored – 18 points a piece when Gordon Hayward is injured and they play the next two quarters of that contest against the Kings. Then you have this game against the Grizzlies. You know they're just not averaging all that much. They go 24, 23, 22, 30 in each of those quarters. Then against Brooklyn, it's 21, 23, 26, 24. So they're just not able to get to a play a pace where they're on track to score 100. Like if you can't reach the second uh, the century mark in the NBA, then it just, it's going to be really tough to win. And so they they had a shot against Brooklyn and they didn't even score hundred points. You know, what are you seeing offensively? I know you talked about it a little bit with Brooklyn, but is that just a matter of getting guys back to help them out? Or do you think there's actively something they could be doing a lot better with the group that they have available right now?
1: Well, I think it's yeah. I mean, it's turnovers, it's decision making with the ball. Um, you know, it's it's setting better screens. I mean, there's just little things that I think are are disrupting the momentum of the offense, and it's super important when you play as fast as the Charlotte Hornets have decided to play. That you know that that's going to produce chaos. It's probably going to produce uh-huh. a few more turnovers than you would normally be okay with. But in those moments when you do have to play in the half court, that's that's when you have to be disciplined. That's when you have to, you know, uh, not turn the basketball over by driving directly into the teeth of the defense again without a plan, and and then just not protecting that possession. The the offense has been bad because they haven't had a ton of talent uh, that can knock yeah. down shots. I mean, they just don't have enough shot makers. That's number one. You know, Book Knight has uh did have that good game, seven of ten. They follows it up with one of nine. He was 0-4 from three. So they don't have enough shot makers. Um, they don't have enough players that demand attention from the defense. The reason the Nets were able to get back in the game in the fourth quarter and erase that lead was because Kevin Durant demanded so much attention from the Hornets defense that Kevin Durant can pass the ball too and so he was rotate you know he was rotating the basketball there was a second pass and then it usually found somebody in the corner and the Hornets defensively were just not making that sort of second and third effort to close out on shooters and so you know you had Joe Harris in the corner knock down a big 3 you had Watanabe get to the rim and score over Mason Plumley I mean I don't know you know the, uh, you t- I know we're talking about offense but like defensively there's just like physicality wasn't there at the rim they couldn't get a rebound at the end of the game uh you know all of these all of these issues are just piling on to each other and resulting in this four game losing streak at this point they just look they need bodies back I mean they're I was looking at yeah. the numbers plus minus the Hornets starting lineup I think maybe other than Orlando worst in the league. The starting lineup just gets absolutely eviscerated and this one it wasn't as bad but Kelly Ubrey was sitting with a minus 14. Plumley's got a minus 13. Uh you know it's 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 just bad.
0: Well, one other thing I'll say real quickly is the fact that their passing is really suffering. I mean if you go look at the total assists for this team Ever since Gordon Hayward went out, I keep saying Sacramento. I apologize. I mean, Chicago is the last half that he didn't play. But the Hornets against Golden State in that victory, they had 32 assists against the Sacramento Kings. Yes, they lost, but they were moving the basketball. They had 31. Okay, they averaged 28 last year when they led the league in assists per game. Since Gordon Hayward went out, right, against Chicago, second half, didn't play a lick only 22 assists for Charlotte. You look at this game against the Grizzlies, only 22 assists. You look at this game against Brooklyn, only 22 assists. They're consistent, and it's not nearly as much as they were getting when they had a shot to win. The passing, right? like It seems simple. Every He had been kind of tabbed with that connector moniker, did Gordon Hayward. But when you don't have Lamelo, you're going to take a massive hit in the passing department. Then when you didn't have Devontae, I was really worried about that going into last year, but they got it from other areas. Miles Bridges became a lot better passer last season. They don't have that. Cody Martin can hand a little bit. They don't have that, right? So the passing is what's really hurting this team, where you have to run ISO with a lot of guys. So you're relying heavily on Dennis Smith Jr. and then you're relying a little bit on Teo Maladon too when he enters the game.
1: Well, the problem is complex because there are there are definitely stretches of the game when they're not moving the basketball enough, when they they sort of rely a little bit too much on on maybe just like one pass or or ISO basketball. Okay, there's definitely that. But there's the issue with the assists, also comes from the fact that, again, you've got PJ Washington, Nick Richards, uh, Jalen McDaniels at times with this bad case of the bobbles. They get the basketball, good pass, that. and they fumble it away. It's what's it is just eviscerated that, you know, mom, uh, the momentum from Nick Richards, you know, that start that he had at the beginning of the year when we were all talking about, whoa, like, where did this guy come from? All of that is not entirely gone away I mean he had 10 points and nine rebounds almost had a double double in this game in 17 minutes uh, but certainly not those dominant performances we were seeing early on because he can't hold on to the basketball so there's that and then also in a weird sort of like paradoxical way this team sometimes overpasses and I think they're overpassing because, again, you don't have enough shot makers on the floor. You don't have enough people that are, A, demanding attention, but also can know – this is something Clifford said, like knowing when to pass, when to shoot. Yeah. Like that is Like It's such a huge thing in the NBA. And making sure that those small windows defenses give you, that you take advantage of them. And the Hornets, because of the injuries – haven't been able to really uh, do that effectively
0: well and we're saying the same thing except volume does not mean good right even if so overpassing still means they're not a good passing team right now (laughs) like you know the ones that hopefully you're making are very good and you're having the efficient shot to create for others and that's just not something that's happening with this team with all of the injuries if you think about it it's not like it was really hard to foresee when you miss everybody like think about all of the guys okay like Terry, who had gotten better. You know, I thought he had been a better point guard this year in the first couple of games that he played compared to other times he had played the one. Lamello, Cody, Gordon, like it's really, really going to be tough for these teams, for this roster without those guys to try to create for one another. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Let's take a look at this game tonight against the Washington Wizards. A couple of injuries that the Wizards are dealing with as well. So can the Hornets find a way to get the job done? We'll continue to take a look at how that could be the case coming up next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the- scores for every sport out there the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including the MLB MMA boxing you even have golf a part of that head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Hornets whiz talk tonight coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast is locked on Hornets I'm glad we have YouTube now for everybody to see just how both you are can you give us a gun show flash real quick yeah. oh yeah me oh, and we you man you look at Look at that oh, drape. That. Look at That's 100% grade eh? A. <laughs> look, here I am Arm. doing it. I, look at these noodle arms right here. Look, they just flow. Yeah, we got
1: it. This is a, um, listen. Yep. Yeah. If you want long, chicken wings, yeah, if you've if you're been starving for some chicken wings, this is the show for you, folks. <laughs> YouTube.com yeah, I mean, forward slash chicken wings. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: Doug, as you take a look at Washington, they're actually playing as we're recording this episode, uh, getting ready for this next game against the Hornets on Monday night. So the Wizards are going to have to play Charlotte on the second night of the back-to-back. The Wizards are down right now with two minutes left. 11 points, so maybe Memphis goes on to win, which would not be a surprise. You would expect the Grizzlies to take care of business at home against Washington. So if that's the case, then Washington would be 4-6. and If not, if they come back, then they'd be a 500-basketball team coming into that matchup. But if they lose... They'd be on a five-game losing streak at that point. They uh, no, excuse me. They would not. That's the Hornets' record. So going back to the Wizards, if you look, <laughs> what yeah, had the wrong box score up there, had the wrong schedule as I was looking at it. But they have lost four of their last five. That's what's happened with the Memphis or the Washington Wizards. So They lose to Brooklyn their last time out. They beat Philly 121 to 111, but before that, they had a three-game losing streak. So, you know, very similar team here, right? Like, we've talked about some of these matchups for the Charlotte Hornets going against franchises in which you will be competing for a play-in spot. Washington, very similar, and I know they're dealing with some injuries as well.
1: Yeah, so yeah, no, no Beal for uh, health and safety protocols. No DeLon Wright who would have been the backup shooting guard, so they are thin at shooting guard. Uh, so they'll, you know, it looks like they're starting uh, against the Grizzlies. They're starting uh, Monte Morris, Porzingis, uh, Avdia, and Kispert uh, would, would would get the start in place for Beal and then Kuzma. And look, they've got some offensive weapons. Obviously, Porzingis uh, can, can give this Hornets team lots of problems. Kuzma can too. I mean, he's 5 of 10 so far in this game against the The Grizzlies, um, he has uh, been a really efficient player this year for them, uh, and it'll be a challenge. You know, even even old Danny Gafford off the bench, you got to watch out for him. He's uh, he's been I, he's able to good, put up man. some numbers against the Hornets in the past. It's really going to be about uh, can this Hornets team muster up enough offense. And you have to think they can because this Wizards team has really just not been playing defense at all over the past couple of games. It's really amazing because they were good defensively to begin the season and then it's all sort of fallen apart for the Wizards. They actually, interestingly, they played the Nets the prior night before the Hornets played the Nets and uh, got lit up in a, in a very similar way to what happened to Charlotte in that fourth quarter which was they go to double team Kevin and then Kevin rotates the ball and then it's you know it's shot making from the from Joe Harris and, and some of these other players that the Nets were featuring so you know, but again, the Hornets don't have that player that can force that double team. So, you, you, you know, you're going to have to move the basketball and try to move the defense that way. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the Hornets, if Terry Rozier um, has enough, uh, you know, certified gamer in him to come up with a victory. I think it'll be close, uh, but I think the Hornets actually have a shot here to do well offensively, uh, which is something they need desperately to do.
0: Well, the injury report that I saw, it immediately had LaMelo Ball out for this game. So this yep. is not going to be the contest LaMelo returns. We know would have been Dennis-
1: poetic, right? I mean, he goes out oh, yeah. against Washington in the preseason, and it wasn't, you know, nothing intentional, nothing dirty about it. I mean, he stepped on a foot driving the basketball, but it would have been nice to have him come back against Washington. Um, you know, Kelly Oubre said after the game against the Nets that, you know, he misses him. He tells him every game. Hey, I miss you. <laughs> Kelly, <So do> we. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe say something else. Maybe say, Hey buddy, can you get back out there? We need you. We're dying out there. <laughs> you
0: know? no, A little no, bit more we, than I miss you. Yeah. We miss you too. I, it's funny. I swear I was thinking that the other day, like just with the way that the offense looks right now, you wish LaMelo ball was out there, but he's not going to play against Washington. Dennis Smith jr. Is going to be questionable. So if, you had to lose Dennis Smith jr at least you're getting somebody back with Terry Rozier to help you out again he did have the nice game against Brooklyn you mentioned the defense for Washington and you look at the way they've been playing lately it started against the the Pacers their second time around so they've played twice this year it's one of two victories for Indiana right now is against Washington but they've allowed 110 at least in every single one of their last five outings we'll see what happens against Memphis Mm -hmm. but They allowed 127 uh, to the Pacers, 112 to Boston, 118 to Philly, 111 the next time against Philly, 128 against Brooklyn. So they're giving up some big-time numbers. If there's ever a get-right game for the offense, especially with all the bodies that are not on the court for you, maybe it's the Wizards that can help you out in that category.
1: When well, something has to give, right? Because the Hornets haven't scored over 110 points since the Saturday night fever game when they won against Golden <laughs> State when PJ, DSJ, Jalen were all excellent. And you know, hopefully wow. DSJ can get back out there. He's questionable for the game, so you know, hopefully uh, that happens because again, that takes I think that takes the ball out of Book Knight's hands a little bit, which I think is good for Book Knight. Like I don't think Book Knight handling the basket. He's not a point guard and playing him twenty eight minutes, I just don't think is going to result in good things for the Hornets off. And he makes bad mistakes on the defensive end sometimes too. He had a great block. Uh, you know, it's not as if he's incapable, but, but then he he fouls at the end of that third quarter. I mean, just like things that make you go like, what? What are you doing fouling somebody with the clock? Go, you know, ticking down in the third quarter, and and you've made a little bit of a run there, and then he fouls and gives up the three free throws. So, just some kind of mind numbing stuff that Book Knight has to still work out of the game. Jalen's got to get right. I mean, he, losing his shooting has, oh, has yeah. really dramatically hurt this Hornets offense, and and you know, PJ has kind of come and gone. You know, I think we're learning a lot. If there is like one silver lining, uh, you know, to all of these injuries, it's that you really are learning a good deal about some of these players. Like PJ Washington has improved, but he's he's not like I think we're seeing the sort of PJ Washington ceiling. Um, he's not kind of all star. I can carry the team kind of level. That's what that's what Terry Rozier is, and that's what that's the kind of impact you saw when he returned. He can carry this offense really by himself at times. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we're learning stuff about Jalen McDaniels. I think we're learning about James Booknight, uh, JT Thor. I mean, it's been a terrible couple of games for the more Thor movement. I mean, they're 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 repossessing the furniture and the headquarters. Uh, we're hanging on. Uh, we are we're, we're taking out collect- a
0: second mortgage. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're still collecting dues. You know, I'm not ready to return anybody's money yet. But uh, the mo- in fact, we need a lot. We need a lot to uh, to keep the lights on because the Morthor movement is is really damaged right now, but we're not giving up.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, so as far as us learning, I, I, I think... You you got a nice jolt from some of those players w- with the absences, right? Like, you know, Jalen was never going to shoot 75% from three. I, I was hoping it wouldn't come right back on down to the mean this fast, <laughs> you know, just because the three-point shot, it's just not working for him right now. I still think what Jalen is doing in the other areas is, is really helping just as far as like the running and the hustle, but the three-point shot's not working. And he's not without some of his mistakes for sure. And then PJ had the bad game against Memphis where he couldn't hit. Like that was that was an awful shooting night for pj unfortunate too that it, so much of it was within two-point range you know like the, the the fact that he was missing a lot of a lot of two-point shots as well um yeah you know so well, listen you
1: you've got to you've got to get lamello and gordon back as soon as possible because i i cannot i can't deal with much more of point plumley like i mean there there are some <laughs> things that in in little small doses and that's really this goes for book nine jalen too i mean in small do- doses They can really be effective players. Like Plumlee has some abilities that not all people his size have, you know, on the offensive end. But it's the problem is that there's just too much of that. It's too much because you're you don't have a ton of ball handlers. They they have ceded some of that responsibility to Mason Plumlee, and and he he's another uh, guy who who goes out there and, and makes these slap fouls that you're just like what. Why are you getting? Why are you getting the other team closer to the bonus? They're just like ticky tack, silly fouls. Uh, so you know, I think he's got to shoulder some blame too. And honestly, you know, I, I look back at that Nets loss, and I think Clifford's got to take a little bit of that one too. He did take some blame for the Orlando loss, just not having them prepared for uh, that starter, that starting lineup that absolutely blitzed the Hornets in uh, in, or, in or, or against Orlando. And I think he's got to take some blame for this Brooklyn loss, too. I mean, obviously, like, he can't do much. I mean, there's working on these this turnover issue. They're working on um, some of the, the the fouling issues that they have. But also, like, there, are, there were periods in this game where I felt like, you know, there just wasn't enough offense on the floor. I mean, this P.J. plus the bench lineup, is not going to get it done. It's just not like P.J. – again, that goes back to what I said. Like, P.J. is not a player yet. Maybe maybe he just turns into one someday, but he's not a player yet that can really carry uh, the offensive load for the team. He's, he's done it in moments, but over the course of the season, uh, I think you see sort of the larger picture, which is like he's not somebody that can do that consistently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're throwing him out there with Richards, Thor – uh, you, you know, or or putting him out there with Plumley and Thor and Booknight—it's just not enough offense on the floor, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, when when you get excited about Jalen and PJ doing a lot more ISO stuff and just putting the ball on the floor and doing more things, that just makes them more dangerous in the role they're designed to play. It doesn't mean okay, now we can just run a whole bunch of ISO ball between those guys and they can just score. It means now they can put the ball on the deck as a third, fourth option, maybe second if you have another star out there and they're just getting hot. But it was never something we should have gotten extremely excited for with McDaniels and PJ putting the ball on the deck a lot more because they were the ones that they needed to rely on. So hopefully that can become more consistent and then you can have them get back to their roles. The injury is just the theme of the season right now. One, you want to end on this one?
1: one last, yeah. One last thing on the injuries, uh, because people have been asking me, you know, when's LaMelo coming back? When is, when's, when is Gordon coming back? When is Cody Martin coming back? Who knows? I mean, this whole uh, Terry Rozier situation, he's doubtful, out, doubtful, out, doubtful, out. All of a sudden, he's back. So expect the same thing with LaMelo. They're just not giving any indication as to when these players are going to be available. Suddenly, they will be, and then we'll all be a little bit happier to watch Hornets basketball.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On NBA. Make sure Locked On NBA um, is a part of your daily lineup. You can get it anywhere. You listen to your podcast, and it's just a 30-minute update on everything taking place within the association. Locked On NBA, your daily 30-minute update on everything taking place within the NBA. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. We'll be back to recap the Washington, uh, Washington Wizards and Charlotte Hornets game that'll be Doug don't know if you're going to be bringing on your boy David Walker somebody like that you could just be going I don't know. solo we'll see well it might be a solo know.
1: show low might be a duo show low we'll see
0: all right there's only one way to find out got to tune in locked on Hornets have a great rest of your day